0: St. Francis of Assisi wrote, He who works with his hands is a laborer. He who works with his hands and his head is a craftsman. He who works with his hands and his head and his heart is an artist. Thank you for joining me. Today, my guest is Caroline Lord, an artist who creates wildly imaginative art across several mediums. At Peabody's, we believe that listening to others and inviting them to tell their stories is both an act of hospitality and a life-giving experience for the listener. To sit and listen, to have the privilege and honor to ask questions about another's life, their art and passions, their disappointments, and their triumphs along the way is a gift and an honor. Every spark of creativity lit by the passion and energy of another can encourage us and inspire us, allow us to enter into the work of another, to see and experience life in fresh and fabulously new ways. Listen in now as Caroline and I chat. This is a conversation which I hope will not only bring you joy, but will send you out with excitement to find your own way of making art in new ways. I'm your host, Elizabeth Wynne Marshall. You're listening to Peabody's podcast, Pursue the Art of Noticing. This is Episode 17, Season 2. Caroline, welcome to Peabody's. Thank you so much for coming on today and being my guest. I'm really um, honored to have you. Oh, I'm so flattered to
1: be here. I was just so happy when you asked me to join the podcast. Um, and I love the name Peabitties, Um based on <laughs> you told me about Flannery O'Connor and her love of uh, peacocks. I
0: think that's Absolutely. their name. I know it's a, it's a, sort of a fun, um, it's sort of a fun thing because um, it reminds me of my mother who loved Flannery O'Connor, and I have wanted to have peacocks here, but I don't have enough land. They need <laughs> several acres, and right. I love. I love that she called them P bitties and the baby P fell. So it just worked. It's very odd and quirky. And um <laughs> I tried to tell Alexa one time, but you, I can, as a podcaster or as a listener, you can say, Alexa, play P bitties podcast. And every time I do that, she thinks I'm playing, P- saying P ditties and she hooks <laughs> me up with some crazy wonky music that I don't want to hear. That is so, so funny. Oh yeah. Well, I actually had um,
1: such a treat. I've gone twice over to Emory University in Atlanta, and they have a really large collection of Flannery O'Connor's papers. Oh, and it's such—they they bring them out in boxes. You have to pre-order them on the library website, and then you have to sometimes wear gloves and look through all of her old family photos. And one person I became so intrigued with is her mother, Regina um Mm. O'Connor and I just started thinking about what it it would be so neat to write a story from the viewpoint of Regina because she was she ran a cow farm um on there in at Andalusia and she was just such this strong-willed woman who kind of was Flannery's protector Mm. and she was there to sort of take care of Flannery and make sure that Flannery conserved her energy while she was ill and I just think it would be such a, a neat viewpoint to write from the view of the mother. Um, but I haven't oh, done it yet.
0: <laughs> i would mean, be a beautiful short story. It would it, would be, it would be fascinating. And I didn't know about that collection of her papers. So I would love to take that short trip down to Atlanta and do that as well. I'm glad you shared that with me.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's I mean, it's fascinating how much material they have there. All of her letters to people. They have receipts from the farm. They have um, her address book, all these things that you can, you know, look at. It's just fascinating.
0: Well, I love learning more things about her. Her life was short, but um, she made such an impact um, in so many ways. And I do love her writing and I love her. Um, the life that she lived was was so fascinating to me. So I would, that would be fun to dig into all the memorabilia.
1: I know. I mean, she was just such a, I feel like she's sort of my inspiration because I feel like she was such a brave writer. You know, she just, I mean, some of it now looking back might be considered not politically correct, but I don't know. At the time, just to sort of write the truth of what as she saw it, it just,
0: I'm, I'm just, I'm amazed by her. I am too she intrigues me I I can't get enough of any small thing about her and her life she, every little tidbit I learn I, I I tuck away somewhere and I think she was a brave woman and um yeah she's she is re- really an inspiration obviously um for both of us which is really fun and um <laughs> it's interesting because there are several connection points between you and um, and me, and that is one of them. And um, another right. is your love for um, whimsy and this win- winsomeness in your art. And when I first found <laughs> um, Foliage Faces, I just could not even stand it. It was so much fun for me. It The whimsy <laughs> and the... <laughs> and the playfulness um so i would love for you to share with the these listeners a little bit about how you began creating these wildly imaginative foliage face portraits um they're just so delightful and oh, i would love you. for you to share a little bit about um well how you- enough
1: um it i have to in an odd way i have to thank the platform of instagram for um inspiring me to start them because, um, I joined Instagram a few years ago and it became such a, like a source of inspiration for me to see all of these people all over the world doing all of these incredibly creative projects and just the way they lived. I, I just found it very inspiring. And so, um, at one point I was just making these posts with, um, petals and I was just writing words using flower petals And then I guess just one day I remembered thinking, well, maybe I could make a face out of, you know, flowers or petals. And so my first face that I made was of Joyce Carol Oates, the writer. And when I posted it on Instagram, I just, people seemed to be so amused by it and, um, you know, gave me good feedback. And I thought, well, I'll try another one. And so now I have about 22 faces and they're mainly of, um, writers. And then I also have a few musicians like Willie Nelson and Elton. Um, but it's just a really fun process for me. And what I like about it is that um, I can get it done in like two to three hours um, from the, you know, going out and plucking and choosing lots of plants in my yard. And then I have to use the afternoon light. Um, so I usually put this Piece of um, glossy board on the ground and in my house with a window light. And I have to hurry. You know, I have to get, I have to make the face, get a photograph of it before the light leaves. And also, I, it doesn't last. It's ephemeral. Um, it's gone the next day because it's wilted. Mm. So it's sort of this intense, like, I, I even like work up a sweat while I'm doing it because. <laughs> I get really focused, you know, it's like, I have to move fast. And I I love that because I've tried to do painting oil painting before, and I get so frustrated and um, it just is so hard. I mean, I'm kudos to all the painters out there because I know how hard it is to create um, paintings, but this to me, it almost, I like it that I have to move so fast because um, I don't have a lot of time to think. You know, it's just I'm in the flow and I've got to get it done before the sun goes down and and to photograph it and document it. So that's just a little bit about how it happened.
0: Well, I love um, that it to me, it feels so childlike. But it's very sophisticated at the same time. It blends um, sophistication and simplicity because you're only using um, natural materials uh, that you've cut from the yard. And I I love that um, one of my first passions is poetry. And I strive to compress the language and use as few words as possible. I feel like the best poems are, um, you know, and so I see a little bit of that echoed in in this. Yeah, you know, what you, your you. voice came
1: out, left for a minute, so I didn't hear part of the sentence, but about the poetry.
0: Um, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me now? Okay. Um, yes, I feel like um, there's some poetry, the similarities to poetry in this medium. Um, because of the economy of words, when we write poetry, we compress the language in your Using a such um, just a few materials, um, right? To make these beautiful portrait portraits, which are sophisticated. I know, and, and it's funny because um, I, I
1: I do like it that it's not you know perfect, and it's sort of um, you get the essence of the face, but it you know I I I think I'm always striving to like in these silly videos I make. i the I guess what I'm trying to convey is you know it's okay to mess up, and it's okay to. I I think I'm going to start with one face and I halfway through realize this is not working. You know, what can I do? And then I go on the internet and look for, you know, um, women with pick, famous women with pixie cuts, or I have to Google something else and just on the fly, um, you know, just work with that. And so I just, I guess my lesson I'm trying to maybe convey is it's okay to mess up and not be perfect and, you know, they're just silly and fun. Like you said, they're
0: whimsical. Um. That's so important for artists to hear that message that it's okay to mess up and it's okay um, to embrace imperfection. And thank you for showing the process. I love the videos that you've done that show the process of morphing from one, um, you know, you have had the Um, intention of doing one portrait and then it moved from even a man to a female or from a singer to a writer I love watching that process of how you go with that that flexibility in your art and that's inspiring to other artists yeah I mean
1: I I was thinking too about like um you know the idea of like what's beautiful or you know the idea of beauty and I love that concept that Japanese concept of wabi-sabi that that um that, mm, you I know, I love to see like a camellia on the ground that has, it's almost more beautiful to me when it has a little brown in it and it's, it's starting to decay rather than when it's on the actual, you know, it's pink and beautiful. And um, so these faces are sort of imperfect too. um I don't know, there's, I see some sort of connection to that.
0: Oh absolutely that's that's well said um yeah i i love that um you love that is <laughs> i'm finding another connection point with you which is fun, fun for me because i love patina and um age and things and brokenness and and things and i find them to be more interesting when they're worn and or have a little imperfection or brokenness in yeah, them definitely. so yeah thank you for that thank you for that Um, I could talk about these characters (laughs) and these portraits all day but um, as an artist you you have so many gifts and talents and so um, I'm intrigued by the fact that you've um, written a novel and in fact my sister is writing her first novel and I just can't tell you Caroline how much admiration and respect I have for the process Um, In fact, several episodes back, I had another novelist on. She was my guest here, and she's um, working on a fiction piece as well. So, yeah, I love to hear from fiction writers. Uh, Can you share a little bit about the process of developing the story and the characters, the plot, the elements, all these wonderful, fascinating parts of writing a piece of fiction?
1: um, I'll, I'll just start at the beginning of how I started writing um I went to a writing retreat in Virginia with a woman named Phyllis Thoreau maybe 15 years ago and I had all of this I'd never written fiction before but I had all these voices that came out on the paper all of this dialogue and I guess I'd just been carrying around these southern characters in my head who I didn't know about and um I got a lot of great feedback while I was at the retreat, and I was so happy. I thought, "Oh wow, this is going to be great. And then I got home. And I quickly realized I knew nothing about the actual craft of writing fiction. And it's a constant journey. There's always more to learn. Um, but I had to learn about, you know, the structure of a story, um, description, uh, plot, I just didn't have any of that. So it's been a really long, enjoyable, and sometimes really hard process of learning how to write fiction. Um, and I did recently finally finish a novel. Um, but I actually had to hire an editor to keep me on track because I love to go off on tangents. And I, you know, oh, what if this happened? What if that happened? And then I I've learned now with a novel, you need to have a certain balance of structure and boundaries as well as in order to then be able to be free to write and see what happens. And before I was just all over the place, you know, and so this, we would talk once a week. Um, This is an editor who lives in Texas and um, he would keep me on track. You know like okay what's going to happen in the next chapter and uh, no you can't go do that like you can't go you know add another character or um so that was a really good process um and I finally finished it and now I'm in the stage of trying to get it published and that is a whole nother we could talk for hours about that if you have any if you have any questions about yes we could publishing world
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, would you um, be willing to read an excerpt from yeah, your novel? Yeah. I would mean, you share a little?
1: Um,
0: thank you. thank you. Does it have a working um, right title? Or... It's,
1: it's, um, I'm having trouble trying sorry. to the publishing world has very sort of strict categories of like middle grade and YA and I think the issue, I've been rejected maybe 25 times so far by agents um, and I'm one thing I learned one time when an editor said on a panel when I was at a writing retreat, she said, you know, don't be disappointed by being rejected because we're all rejected every day in this publishing world. She was making the point that like if she loved a novel and wanted to buy it um, at her publishing house and she had to meet with her team and the rest of the team didn't like the novel at all, you know, in a sense, she's being rejected. And I thought that was just an interesting mm. you know, point that. It, you know, everybody is going to be rejected at some point in the publishing world, where whatever job you have. So I thought that was an interesting way to look at it. Um, so um, the novel is my novel sort of straddles middle grade and YA. And I think that's why I'm having a hard time um, getting people interested, maybe. Um, but I've learned so much about, you know, how to pitch and uh, I'm going to keep going and hopefully one day it will be published. But this, um,
0: okay, thanks. Well, I'm this cheering you a,
1: on. A bit of a, for an introduction, um, this is the main character. His name is, um, the novel is called High Pitched Henry, the working title. And it's about a 13-year-old boy named Henry Riddle who was murdered in downtown Nashville, Tennessee. And he goes to a place called The World Without End. And while he's there, he finds out Um, that he has to go back to earth for three days and they don't tell him why and so this is him landing back on earth Um, Mm -hmm. I landed with a thud in a patch of tall weeds by a dirt road the air felt hot and sticky this place was definitely not downtown Nashville to my left an 18-wheeler zoomed along a four-lane highway a siren wailed a crow called I'd forgotten how loud Earth was. On the other side of the road, a big wooden fence faced the highway. Maybe it would give me a clue as to where I was. I tried to hop up, but my legs felt like lead. Earth's gravity was a lot stronger than on the world without end. A Timex watch was on my wrist, 8.37 a.m. Friday, August 2nd. I had 60 hours, which meant I'd be leaving on Sunday, August 4th at 8.37 p.m. But 60 hours to do what? My hair felt strange and heavy on my forehead. I noticed my fingers, mainly because they weren't my fingers. They were smaller and the right right pinky was crooked. I peered down, Levi's, dark blue Converse, low tops, and a Pokemon t-shirt. I'd collected those cards when I was maybe five. The first store I saw, I was getting a new shirt. I let out a loud sneeze. I sneezed again. My stomach felt funny. It took me a second to realize realize I was hungry, something I hadn't felt for two months. I walked in front of the big sign. Someone had painted Happy Happy Trails Trailer Park in sloppy letters. A yellow sun face smiled in the top corner. Past the sign, I saw some mailboxes on wooden posts. I trudged over and tugged on a squeaky lid. I snatched out an envelope, Boat Springs, South Carolina. I picked up another and another all boat springs i shoved the letters back i had 60 hours to solve my unfinished business so that i wouldn't be destroyed by the soul suckers and i wasn't even in the right state
0: so that's that's the end <laughs> oh carolyn oh thank wonderful. you I- oh i I hope that you will be the reader of your own audio book because you read it with such um, <laughs> well, it, in such well, a beautiful well, that way. Might be a
1: long way from now, but it was fun to read. That's the first time I've ever gotten to read it out loud, so that was.
0: Oh, oh! I'm so glad I, I got to be a listener <laughs> of your <laughs> uh, on your virgin voyage of of reading. That well, was, was fun. thank you for asking. Thank you. Oh. Oh, this is so much fun for me. I, um, I could have you on here all day long. I, um, I know, I know from talking to you earlier today that you're having a little working, um, retreat and at the beach. And so the sun is shining and it's beautiful. And I keep thinking if I ask her one more question, (laughs) I'm cutting into her working vacation at the beach. So I'm going to selfishly ask you a couple more things if that's okay with you. um, it sounds like you may have already touched on this, but I'll give you a chance to go with this one wherever you want to go. Um, I love to ask creatives and artists about any projects that they've worked on recently that have really challenged them and um, brought creative growth um, to them as an artist and as a person. And as a part of that, what project may have, pro- what has propelled you recently just to get out of bed in the morning and um, meet the day um as an artist so i'd love to hear about any new projects and hopes and dreams and what you might be working on now that yeah, you're willing definitely. to talk about
1: um i you know i i with this novel i just had decided recently to just stop tinkering with it i just had to just put it to rest and if an agent happens to be interested then i would be happily i would revise or do anything that needed to be done and once i did that um, I, I suddenly found that new, new things were coming along. And I had also gone to a um, writing retreat up in um, upstate New York for memoir writing. Um, And I came home and started writing an essay about this chef named Francis Malman. He's an Argentinian chef and um, how I sort of became obsessed with him while watching him on a chef's um, table that show
0: on netflix and yes i've seen that particular episode it is fascinating he is fascinating
1: fascinating and so i ended up um i happened to be in france one time and i got to eat at his restaurant in the past year or so and i talk about how this food affected me i was just so blown away i'm not really a foodie and i just um and i just love his philosophy on life um And so these two things sort of merged. And then I came home and then I talked my husband, Leighton, into going to Uruguay in South America. And we stayed at Francis Malman's Inn. Um, It's a five bedroom inn in Garzon, Uruguay. And um, I ended up meeting him. Francis was there. And so I gave him a small book of poetry. He he owns 4,000 books of poetry at this house in Uruguay. I had read an article. I know. And then he
0: gave oh, me one of his on.
1: So it's just sort of a funny, like, but also meaningful essay about, you know, watching this person on television and then ended up by the end, I ended up meeting him and uh, he has this line about, you know, you have to live your life on the edge of uncertainty. Um, and that that's in the show. Oh. And he talks about it. And so I, at the end, I say, you know, right before I met him, I was sitting at the edge of uncertainty. Um, you know, wondering, would this man be nice? Would he be aloof? I had no idea, but he ended up being really friendly. So it feels good to have these smaller projects now. Um, And
0: one. Oh, this is fascinating to me. I love hearing about this. Thank
1: you. I I, I was going to say, too, that sometimes when I look at all those years of writing that novel, and I think I get kind of down and think, oh, gosh, was that just like wasted time? Like, well, nothing ever come of it and then in a and then recently I started shifting and thinking well maybe it was like preparation for new things that it, it created a discipline in me I learned how to become a better writer and you know mm-hmm. I'll be now onto some next stage where I might do smaller writing projects but I feel more confident in my writing which is
0: encouraging mm-hmm. that's so so encouraging and I believe that nothing is wasted with art I think everything leads to something else and we can pull from past projects for in future projects yeah so I'm a believer in that that, there's no way I I
1: told you earlier before (laughs) the podcast started that when I made that decision to just quit playing around with that novel um, that all these things started coming to me like opening up like I I I wrote the essay about Francis Malman and then um, the Columbia magazine in Columbia asked me to write a profile on um, a childhood friend, Martin Cooper, who is a, he, he, I grew up with him, but he has a long um, history of being a fashion designer. So that, that came to me. And then just Mm. a few days ago, you texted and asked if I'd do a podcast and it was sort of like so wonderful to have these new things coming into my life
0: Mm, I think that's wonderful when that happens and I think that happens so often that if we just pivot and turn and and are open to new things in our life that um we see them springing up it happens it happens to it's happened to me I love hearing that it's happening to you and um I can't wait to follow this new project. So, um, do you want to talk a oh, little bit about you mean about my, like the prints
1: of the foliage faces? Yeah. Um, yes. so I'm down here just trying to think out. Um, I've had a lot of people DM me on Instagram asking if they can buy a print of these faces that I make. And so, um, it took me a while to find, uh, you know, to learn how to clean them up and to whiten the backgrounds and to make them. And I didn't know if I could enlarge them, but it, it I found out recently I can actually make them really large. I can, if I wanted to have a gallery show, I could have like a one of a kind face that would be blown up um, in a frame, but I can also do eight by 10 small prints. And I'm sort of at that edge of wondering, do I want to start a small business online? Um, And it's ended up being kind of fun. Like I've loved the researching of it. I've learned like trying to figure out how to have a logo, um, Uh, I mean, I know it can be challenging and day-to-day would be trying to keep up. I'm not very detail-oriented, so my main worry is would I be able to mail things out on time and keep up with orders and all that kind of thing? Um, Because I would want it to be, you know, my business to have a really high standard. And so um, I'm just kind of sitting there wondering, like, am I going to go for this or not? But I think I'm moving towards thinking it's going to be you know, I mean, a very, very small little online business. If anybody wants to buy a
0: foliage face print. <laughs> okay. So I'm over here raising my hand and I, I, I am, I was excited when you shared that with me because um, when I watch your little vignettes, the little videos, the movies that you do, which are so fun. And I see a couple of the super short ones where you take your hand yeah. and you, 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 you mess yeah. up your own art and you um, push all the petals and it's like a, what is that? like a just got you white it out. Like, and now it's gone. And so now to know that you've found a way to preserve, yeah. I know you photographed them, but that you have preserved them and that you preserve them with a quality that could be made into a print um, that would have, I know be able to hang in a home and be able to bring joy and, um, I just I just think they're so fun. They bring me so much joy. <laughs> I've been studying them and preparing for the podcast. And I'm so glad no one's going to ask me which one is my oh, favorite because you. I love all of them. They're oh, just so – they bring me so much joy. And I think it would be wonderful to have them all hanging, um, to have them to do an, an exhibition somewhere in a gallery and have yeah, them all and, together. It's
1: interesting, like, <laughs> talking about, like, being an artist. You know, some people say, oh, I would never – it's an interesting call of like, do you want to commercialize your art or do you want to just be in galleries? Um, and for me, um, I I don't, I think you can do both. You know, if I, if I were in a gallery, I would only have a one of a kind face that only that person would have. And so it would be special in that way. And then I would have a series of other faces online that, you know, I would sell to, it would be like open editions. Anybody could have them um so it is a lot to think about right you know how
0: it is I think for artists that um combination of how we divide our time between making our art and then sending our art into the world figuring out the making it is one part of an artist's life and then the sending it out into the world and that word marketing and all those other things use another part of our brain Um, so it's always interesting to hear artists tell their story of how they might launch something out beyond themselves into the world for other people to enjoy. And, um, everything that you've done that I've been exposed to, fortunately, um, has brought me so much joy and I find it all just so beautiful. And again, I'm so flattered, honored and privileged (laughs) that you're here with me. So, um, I'm going to, I'm, I'm looking at my little clock and thinking, <laughs> Oh, Caroline could be on the beach because I know you're sitting on the beach. So, but I have to um, ask you one or oh, two no, things I'm, and I won't fun. keep you much longer. I want to be, a, I want to be a good host, but this, this notion of finding beauty and making things that are beautiful um, is so intriguing to me. And it's, I try to spend a good bit of time on the podcast focusing on beauty. So um, can you sort of share with us a little bit about how you keep that lens clean and clear in your own life, how you search out and find beauty and press on in your discovery yeah. of beauty and uh, uncovering things that are lovely in life? Because you seem to just really do a good job of focusing um, on yeah, that.
1: You know, I, for me, I, I, I'm probably hard on myself, but I feel like I'm like so always in my head with thoughts and, um, you know, distracted with ideas and um, that sometimes I feel like I miss a lot of beauty that's right in front of me. Um, You know, that if I would just wake up in the morning and take a walk outside and just really look at a flower or a tree, but I don't tend to do that. Um, So in a way I feel like I could do a better job of finding beauty but to me um like we talked about earlier that idea of the imperfection to me I I think find things there's this idea of like the shadow self um like the union um version of like the light and the dark and so and it kind of ties into like the wabi-sabi I kind of like things that are a little off with beauty like I said like the camellia that's already (laughs) decaying or say like the artist's um that has these strange paintings and there's mystery and you don't know what's going on um you know that that to me is more appealing in beauty than actually like a perfect rose um in a vase um so -hmm. that might sound a little strange but um
0: No. no i think that's the case for a lot of artists i think that the nuanced notion of beauty um and how we find it and how we look through a lens and see, discover something that may not be considered traditionally beautiful by some standards. I think that's what art is. It allows us to see through the lens of other and, to and discover. And I will say like one of my um, most beautiful,
1: like when at, I funny. love to go to museums and when I'm in a new city, because I, the whole thing is beautiful to me, The that all these people have come to look at, These creations, you know, I almost love the people watching in the museum as much as the the actual art because it's just it becomes this experience of everybody together standing in front of artwork and taking it in or talking about it or discussing. Um, To me, that that's something Mm. that's
0: beautiful. Mm. Mm. I love that so much. Um, Well, were you? Share with listeners how to follow you on Instagram, which is where um, a lot of your beautiful things <laughs> pop up, and also your website, so that we can um, people can find out more about your projects, your current projects, and your future projects, and watch some of your. I love your little your films, oh, your movies, you. your um, yeah, um, your movie um, art too. I love your movies.
1: Lord. Well, um, <laughs> lord.caroline at Instagram. And then my website is just carolinelor dot com but I will say my website is in works. Um, I kind of let it go um i mean it's it's there, but it doesn't really have a theme yet, and I'm still just trying to figure out how to um do more with it. so I haven't really posted in a while, and um I need to start you know blogging more, but I know most people <laughs> blogs can um you think you're going to do so well and post once a week and then it ends up you don't do that. So
0: I know about (laughs) that as well. It's kind
1: of a work in process, (laughs) but Lord Caroline is where I'm more active. And then the other one is foliage faces at
0: Instagram. That's where I have the faces. And they're so fun. And I will put the link in the show notes to both of those so that people can find you there and follow you there and um do you know do you know when you'll be posting a new one i can't wait i'll have to turn my notifications on well, i need to make sure so i don't
1: I just usually post right after i make one and um you know it also has to it depends on the light too like i need a sunny day like cloudy days make it so dark um, when i try to photograph them. but um yeah i will i'll be posting surely in the next week or two i'll have a new one out
0: And we'll be watching and, um, I will be, um, waiting and watching and following your art. And I can't thank you enough for saying so many encouraging things to artists about the process and about, um, and there's so many good takeaways from this, this conversation we've had. I can't <laughs> wait to go back and be a listener now and listen and to the things that you've said. You're, you're such a joy and you have such a, a beautiful spirit and, um, you really, um, have incredible oh. energy and <laughs> warmth to your to your spirit. And I can't wait to see you again. And so maybe I'll tell people that you and I have met one time in person <laughs> and it was on a sandbar and we sat on the beach and talked years ago. And it's so long ago that it's a faded memory. So I hope that we reconnect soon and I hope that we're together in the same room soon and that we I know, can get and together and to thank talk you some for, more. Um creating this
1: podcast because um I think it's such a wonderful thing. Like when women, you, probably, you might have men on too, I'm sure, but just women supporting women um, and encouraging each other and building each other up. Um, I just think it's so important. So you're giving people the opportunity through this to um,
0: share. And I think that's great. Thank you, Caroline thank you for coming on today and um i am cheering you on and i i hope that maybe one day i'll <laughs> one be reading day. your novel I'm not giving up and holding yet. it in my <laughs> don't give up don't give up never give up thank you enjoy your day at the beach and enjoy your your working time there on the porch um listening to the ocean and the ice machine dropping <laughs> the ice I didn't in go to that another grounds. room because of that <laughs> uh okay um god bless and thank you again for everything okay Uh, i'll see you soon bye pablo picasso once wrote art washes away from the soul the dust of everyday life thank you for joining me today My hope is that you will leave this podcast inspired to pursue the art of noticing, noticing the beauty of this one extraordinary, ordinary day. Notice the work of the makers and artists who are seeing the world through their own unique lens and sharing with us what they are finding that is beautiful and noteworthy, quirky and winsome, wonderful and whimsical. As always, please consider sharing this podcast with others via email or on social media. The greatest gift you can give us is that of sharing these episodes with another, allowing them to explore the work and words that are shared here, and inviting them on this journey in which we slow the pace, savor life, and practice being present in our own one life. This is Peabody's podcast, Pursue the Art of Noticing, and I'm your host, Elizabeth Wynne Marshall. Join me next Wednesday for a conversation with my guest, Krista Wells, a singer-songwriter who lives in Nashville, a friend, a poet, an artist who makes beautiful music. Explore her work this week on Spotify and linger for a while in the deeply soulful work of a beautiful, creative music maker and all-around lovely human.